my husband at one time came into my office. It was just like the worst day ever. Probably I've had a lot of them, but it was a really bad day for business, right? Where I, he came in, I was probably sobbing, crying or something. Um, and all it was on the paper because I was on a call or something and he just slipped it to me. He literally drew a picture of a house plus, and then stick figures of our family plus health. And it was true. It was like, we have a home, we have family and we have our health. And then I think you even drew like two pictures of like two arms, two legs, because we always say. So in times of panic or stress or, you know, whatever it is, I just, I constantly go back to, I have my breath. You are listening to the weekly parody. Each week we study the mindset of unconventional leaders. We are here to empower those who may feel unqualified to step up, use their voice and make an impact in this world. Welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody, and I am your host. And on Wednesdays, we have throwback episodes. So for those of you who don't know, we had a show for about a year and a half and decided to relaunch it for various reasons a few months ago. And on Wednesdays, we just bring back some of the awesome episodes from from the old show. And so this this week, we are bringing back uh, Kristen Amer. She is the founder of The Original Squeeze, and she is going to talk to us about how to focus on what matters most when things in business and in life don't turn out the way that you planned or anticipated. And I really love this conversation because I don't think we talk enough about, you know, when you start something and it doesn't work out the way that you thought it would, how do you pick yourself up from that and pursue something else or try something different? Often you see the success side to things only without really digging into the failures and the pivots and the things that go unexpectedly. And Kristen is awesome. She is very authentic and real and luckily for us is willing to talk to us about her experience with that and how to focus on what matters most in order to just readjust and still find success even if it was in a different way. So you guys are really going to love this episode. But before we get started, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And if you have a second, leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it. All right, let's get into today's throwback episode with Kristen Amer. I am a mompreneur, I guess, if you will. Um, I invented a reusable food pouch called the Original Squeeze. It's intended for periods like applesauce, yogurt, smoothies, on-the-go snacks. Mm -hmm. And I invented that, I guess it'll be technically eight years ago um, that I came up with the idea when my then 10 month old um, was 10 months old and he was back in the backseat of the car and I gave him one of those disposable food pouches and he squeezed it and made a mess all over himself in the backseat of the car. Mm -hmm. And I had one of those moments, you know, freak out moment as a mom, didn't have the backup outfit and thought, you know, I got to create this. It doesn't exist. So 14 months later, we came to market. Um, and it's just been a crazy uh, mountain climbing face plants ever since. Since yeah. then, so really, that's the tidbit of, um, I guess, where I'm at right now. Yeah, um, and I mean, it, it it did very well. I mean, did, weren't you in several different stores? And what ended up happening with it? Yeah, from from I guess the the layman's perspective, it, it looks really it sounds really romantic. We made it into some of the majors: <laughs> Target, Babies R Us, Bye Bye Baby, Costco, HEB. We're now in Walmart Canada. So it sounds really romantic, you know, on paper where, where we, where we got into, I guess. Um, we definitely had a a lot of roadblocks behind the scenes. um, Yeah. So so recovering from. Yeah. So can you, 
can you kind of bring us back to, you know, this idea of like, Hey, I'm going to start this. What kind of internal things did you face in this idea to bringing it to conception? Yeah. Um, well, let me back up a little bit. Um, so my son was born August 1st, 2009, and that I had a healthy pregnancy, my entire pregnancy. Um, and the day that he, he was born, that he came to, came into the world. Um, I actually had a brain aneurysm that day. I woke up violently vomiting. I was 37 weeks pregnant. I woke up violently vomiting, thought, Hey, I guess I'm in labor. You know, it was my first child. I had no idea. Um, rushed, rushed to the hospital, emergency C-section, um, come to find out I'm bleeding the size of a golf ball in my brain. Um, so it was an aneurysm and, uh, they put me in ICU. My baby was completely fine. They monitored mm-hmm. me for 12 days. I was completely cognitively aware, um, what was going on. And on the 12th day, they decided to go in, uh, still not knowing what was behind the bleed. And that's where they found what's called an AVM, which is a tangle of blood vessels. Uh, one out of 700,000 people are born with it. It's congenital. You don't know you th- that you have it until you actually have an aneurysm in it first. Um, so thankfully, it happened at the very end of my pregnancy. I like to refer to that as an opportunity um, that I was given, I believe, by God. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that I was able to endure that opportunity of the 12 days, actually technically full 17 days being in the hospital, uh, was to lean on gratitude. You know, one really never knows uh, how they're going to deal with challenges and diversities that they're given. Yeah. Um, for, for me, I very quickly had to learn how to lean on two things. And it was pretty much humor and gratitude because everybody that was coming to visit me, you know, whether it's a friend or a family, my mother, father, husband, whoever, they all kind of had this look in their eye of she's going to die or what's going to happen. You know, she just had this brand new baby. And so for me, the, my initial, um, reaction was just to make them laugh, make them smile. Like, come on guys, you know, stop brain surgery, you know, making the jokes, trying to make the doctor, the stoic doctor laugh. Um, and then it was just, I had a gratitude journal and it was just literally, you know, I'm grateful for nurse Jenny bringing me water. I'm grateful for a new nurse Susie, uh, putting up pictures of my son, blowing up pictures, putting them on the wall if I see my ICU room. Um, so for me, I've just leaning on humor and gratitude really got me through that experience. And on the 17th day of that opportunity, um, I wrote a letter to my son, Will. And essentially what that letter said was uh, that I, my prayer for him was that no matter what life throws his way, that he squeezes the goodness out of what he's been given. Because that's what I chose to do when I was given the opportunity of that, you know, that experience in the hospital. So fast forward, so that was 17 days of Will being on earth. And so fast forward to him being, so it took me about 90 days to recover. I had to learn how to walk the left side of my body. I lost hearing in my left ear. Um, finally on the, the 90-day post-op, my, my doctor told me, he says, you know, you're fine. Like, go live your life. You're, you're going to be healthy. You know, run a marathon if you want to run a marathon. So I ran a half marathon. Um, I, uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur, which we can talk about later if you'd like. Um, so at the time, I had purchased a fitness franchise called Stroller Strides. So my goal was to launch that when he was six months old. Oh. I was able to launch it when he was seven or eight months old. And so then when he was 10 months old, I was, I was late on the go to go teach my fitness class in the park with moms and their babies and strollers. And that's when I gave him the food pouch. So that night when, wow. I, came, when I realized, hey, I'm going to make this food pouch. Like, it doesn't exist. I'm going to do this. Um, I wrote down my idea for the original squeeze and it, it was then there I ran to my journal and I opened it and I couldn't believe it that I had written the tagline for my company, you know, months prior, the 17th day of my opportunity in the hospital that I knew the tagline for my company for the original squeeze was going to be squeezing the goodness out of what we've been given. Right. So you give my silicone food pouch to a child and they're, they're obviously going to squeeze the healthy goodness of the healthy smoothie or puree that you've made for them. Um, but all of our branding and all of our messaging, um, is 
essentially just positive, optimistic, just live life for today. Like be good, be kind, share your love with the world, you know, shine bright. Um, so that's, was my hope still is my hope, um, that I can get that messaging through with my branding. Um, just as my own way to, to share my light with the world of my experiences, yeah. you know, that was, that was really crazy to go through. Um, but again, I, I chose to look as an opportunity. I chose to lean on gratitude. That's the only way I survived, I believe. Um, there's so much there. Like I have no idea where to even begin with that because that is just, that's almost more than, I mean, that's more than most people ever deal with. And it's just a very short amount of time. I mean, you almost died mm-hmm. and then built a company and then ran a half marathon and then had all this, I mean, crazy stuff. I guess that I there's so many directions I could go with it, but when you say an opportunity, what does that mean? Can you dig into that a little bit more for me? Yeah. I mean, there's so much good in the world and there's so much bad in the world. And I believe that we're, we all are given the same opportunity. Yes. We might be born in different states, cities, countries, demographics, whatever it might be, but we're all given the same opportunity. Right. And the opportunity is one breath right now. I'm just took a breath. You just took a breath. You know, we are given this moment right now with each other to have a conversation. This is our opportunity to connect. Um, so I guess it's just opportunity is just a mindset, right? I can choose to look at it as, you know, whatever uh, mountains or roadblocks life throws my way. I can choose to focus on that, or I can look at it as an opportunity to become stronger, wiser, um, grow, uh, reach, pivot, adjust. And I just feel like if it's a muscle, right? So it's, it's definitely a mindset. And a lot of people have that mindset, but it takes a lot of work. You know, it mm-hmm. t- takes effort to wake up every morning and to decide that, you know, it, it's, it's raining outside, but it's okay. It's raining. Like the, the just is getting watered off, you know, by the rain, yeah. you know, it's, it's totally a mindset or it's raining. Ew, it's yucky out. <laughs> so really it's just, um, my friends tease me, you know, they say like, Oh, hashtag gratitude. You're the gratitude girl, but I am. And that's what makes me happy. And because I was given the opportunity to almost die, I, I have this sense of urgency to live my life and to share my light and to be an example of um, just overcoming hardships in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and me having the brain aneurysm was just one of them. I've had many, many different obstacles to overcome. Right. When you were when you're in the hospital, were you able to see your son? Yes. So not consistently um, because I was in ICU and at the time it was when swine flu if you remember that was a big oh, wow, yeah. thing in the news um yeah. so they had me isolated in icu Jeez. um so and he was a brand new baby so i didn't see him um yeah for the first few days i was able to nurse him that night i had him before they wheeled me in to give me the cat scan mri angiogram um so i was able to nurse him and then i so badly wanted to nurse my baby so the nurse that's another thing i was grateful for is the nurses helped me pump the entire 17 days, they pumped me for the nine hours I was in brain surgery. And the 17th day when I went home, my pediatrician came and saw me and she just said, you just go, cause I had to be bedridden, you know, for another yeah. 30 days. And she just said, you just, you just sit on the couch, lay in your bed and just nurse your baby. And it was like an amazing gift from God because my baby just latched onto me after 17 days of not really knowing me. Um, he was, he was able to connect with me. So it was really beautiful. That's incredible. That's incredible. So one, one thing I love about you is I feel like, you know, you, you are very optimistic and you do have this, you know, presence about you that's, you know, full of gratitude and, but you're still very real about what's hard and the realities of life. And I think that's a really cool balance because a lot of times it's like one or the other with most people. And so can you kind of talk to us about a little bit of the reality stuff when you started your business, stuff you've maybe gone through, whether it was external or internal and just kind of 
shed some light on what that looks like because yeah, it does look amazing. I mean, you got into all these different stores and you've had so much success with it. Um, kind of early stage stuff. What is some real raw tangible takeaways that you learned in that process? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so a lot of entrepreneurs are like this, actually, they have a great idea for a product a service and you, I'm sure you've heard, you know, jump out the airplane, build a parachute on the way home. Yep. That was hundred percent me. Um, my background is actually product development and design. So okay. when I had the idea for my product, I felt extremely confident. Like I know how to pull this off. I, don't, I know how to make something right. Um, but I didn't have a business background, didn't go to business mm. school. Um, so I'm definitely more creative minded. I would say now I definitely have a very strong, uh, business side of me. Obviously pretty much got my MBA. Uh, I would say going through everything I went through with my business the past seven, eight years. Um, but when I started, yes, yeah, so I had an idea for a product. So I loved, you know, figuring out the pieces of how to build this startup. Right. Yeah. But as soon as I launched 14, 14, uh, so came up with the idea when he was 10 months old, launched the product when he was two years old. So about 14 months later, uh, three weeks later, I had my daughter. <laughs> and within those three weeks um, of launching from August 1st until August 29th, so three, four weeks, we sold about 3,000 units out of our garage. So I had to hire my 16-year-old babysitter to help me pack these boxes, you know, get these shipments out. Um, and at, at the time, that's when I say you know, Facebook worked. There was no pay to play. Like you literally... Mm -hmm you could post on your business page and everything went viral, right? Because if moms like a product or dad's mom, yeah. most moms, if moms like a product, they talk about it at the park, right? They tell their mom friends. Right. So at the gate, I mean, our product was just like, boom, because nothing existed. There were no other reusable food pouches. Now, um, I'd like to say we've inspired a lot of companies to do what we do. Um, however, we were the first. So at the time it was very, you know, authentic and real and this awesome new product, right? So at the gate, um, it was, oh my gosh, this is a business, right? Now, how do I run a business? How, how do I hire my first employee, you know, legally? Yeah. Um, just, just the small things that you don't really think about completely in the pipeline because you're thinking about so many other details. Um, so out the, out the gate, it was really just getting a handle on how do I really structure this? How do I scale this? How do I raise capital? Um, my dad came to visit me in the hospital to meet his baby girl. And I said, Hey dad, can I borrow $5,000 to run inventory? Because we just pretty much sold out of our inventory. So out the gate, it was, it was just a scramble. So the first year of my goal was, um, to get a handle on the direct to consumer, um, sales portion of it. So we only sold through our website. We did about, um, just under half a million dollars in business out of our garage, just selling direct to consumers. So it sounds really romantic, like I said, but there's so much more to it. Um, and then about, uh, Fast forward, so 18 months into the business, I made the decision, okay, I think I'm ready, let's launch to wholesale, or to retailers. So we went to our first juvenile trade show called ABC Kids. Um, we attended that, I think we opened about 35 retailers. That show was really exciting, romantic again. Um, but then you're dealing with, okay, well now our margins are changing, right? And then you're like, what are margins? I mean, at that time I didn't know what margins were, right? But yeah. still, I mean, you're going from, you know, 70, 80 points selling direct to consumer, but now all of a sudden you're doing, you know, yeah. keystone wholesaling price. So your margins are different. So again, my background's not business, not finance, um, initially. So it's, it's just understanding that whole game, you know? So then you're, you're getting up doing a lot of consulting work. You're, you're outreaching to coaches and, and then, then it's who do you trust, right? Cause there's so many people in the industry, you know, that want a piece of your business. Um, mm. so that's something I did not learn, unfortunately, until I was probably, uh, I want to say about three, four years in is how to listen to my gut. Um, so along the process, I actually ended up hiring and firing a few individuals, um, that unfortunately ultimately didn't align with my core values. Um, and then looking back, I, I had gut feelings here or there. 
Um, so now, you know, mm. I'm a big girl, I'm almost 38 years old. Um, I, I feel that I have a really good, strong gut about people and I've learned to listen to that. And that would be my number one advice is listen to your gut throughout the startup process. If something doesn't feel right, um, as far as trust issues, listen to that. I'm, I'm uh, so grateful you brought that up. Can you dig into that a little bit more? Because I feel like that is something that we don't talk enough about is intuition and learning how to tune into that and trust it. So can you kind of walk us through? Yeah. I mean, you know, without having a science background, it's probably just goes back to fight or flight, right? That's your instinct telling you fire. I smell something. There's a fire, something's going on. And so I think we all have, we've had those relationships where they might turn into friendships or business relationships, whatever they, whatever they are, but there's something might be off where we either are intimidated by them or, um, just completely not trustworthy, whatever it is that that's that little voice in your head saying, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so yeah, I really don't know how to expand more. I think it's just a muscle that you build of, of learning to listen to that intuition. Yeah. How have things changed for you? I guess since then, I mean, you know, you talked about squeezing the best out of life and that was, you know, your brand and your motto. What have you learned through this process about that? Oh, wow. That I've got to, that I've got to walk the walk. Right. So I've been talking it. I've been, you know, it's all in our branding, all in our, you know, my personal branding as well, um, is, is that message, but behind the scenes, I've actually had to endure a lot the past eight years. So on top of having, um, you know, overcoming the brain aneurysm or brain aneurysm, relearning to walk my body, you know, getting my hearing back, launching a company, launching into, you know, retailers, and, you know, including the big boxes I mentioned, um, did I mention them? I mentioned them, right? I think I did. Um, and then, you know, we're in 21 countries outside the U S so just scaling the company, hiring employees, firing employees. Um, I unfortunately endured two lawsuits that I can't speak of, but I survived those. Um, that cost, you know, a lot of money to endure that. Um, so just that psychological, challenge of going through that alone of, of taking yourself out of the element of, you know, I'm so attached to original yeah. squeeze is my third child essentially. Um, so for me having to really truly wear that business hat and take off the emotions, um, has been an amazing exercise for me as, you know, an individual businesswoman. Um, and then since then, so we had our height, like, I mean, 2015 was our greatest year that as far as revenues. Um, but that was also the, the same years, couple years that we dealt with our lawsuits. So unfortunately it's been a constant battle of keeping the brand alive, keeping the messaging alive. Um, but unfortunately I'm in this transitional space right now where last year financially, uh, primarily financially, mentally, I just decided, you know what, I'm a fighter. I'm not one to quit, but I, I have yeah. learned to listen to that gut instinct. And I just realized, you know what, it's been an amazing journey, but it, it's time to unwind, so to speak. So even yeah. though consistently, you know, fighting and trying to keep sales out there, I've always been trying to raise capital. I've always been getting in front of investors and doing my pitches constantly, um, trying to create relationships with the right operational partner that believed in me to perhaps, you know, acquire me or merge somehow. Um, so I've been doing that for many years trying to do that and nothing has fallen in place and that's okay. And I, I truly believe, you know, then it's not meant to be. Yeah. yeah. The biggest goal was um, to be able to get my product into the hands of those that need it most. Mm -hmm. So yes, my product is really convenient for on-the-go snacking, but my product 
actually helps a lot of individuals with oral challenges, which is the most beautiful part about my product, I believe. So we received testimonies. At one point, it was weekly, we'd get testimonies um, saying, thank you so much. You know, my daughter, uh, she's 23 years old, severely disabled, weighs 80 pounds, um, is going to lose her life in the hospital. And we found your product and she gained 15 pounds. Doctors think it's a miracle. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Or, or my G2 baby, you know, is four years old, baby, four years old, um, transitioning to purees and now can eat purees out of, out of your food pouch. Thank you so much. Um, so in so many arenas, my products help from a med- medical standpoint. Um, so my hope is still that um, I can still pull off finding the right operational partner that, that sees yeah. the asset value in that alone um, so that it can really take my product to the next level to truly help people with special needs. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, what would you, I guess, say to someone who maybe is in the trenches of their thing and maybe feels that overwhelm and things aren't going the way that they thought it would? Maybe they're in a transition themselves. Do you have any just thoughts or words of advice for them since you've dealt so much with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I don't have it with me, but my husband at one time came into my office and was just like, the worst day ever, probably. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of them, but it was a really bad day for business, right? Where I, he came in, I was probably sobbing, crying or something. Um, and all it was on the paper, because I was on a call or something, and he just slipped it to me. He literally drew a picture of a house plus, and then stick figures of our family plus health. And it was true. It was like, we have a home, we have family, and we have our health. And then I think you even drew like two pictures of like two arms, two legs, because we always say. So in times of panic or stress or, you know, whatever it is, I just, I constantly go back to, I have my breath. And so that would be my advice is if you can train your mindset to truly, truly realize how amazing it is that we have breath, something simple as that, that we have life right now, somebody else just lost theirs, that'll just allow you to take one step forward to get back up. Um, and so many entrepreneurs go through that, you know, and, and, and then you also have to be, again, going back to your intuition, to, to listen to your intuition, to know when enough is enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that so much because I think we are constantly comparing ourselves and then to when we start on a project and it doesn't work the way that we thought it was and we have to either change or go into different, you know, just the constant pivots that you have to make. I feel like everybody is so hard on themselves without seeing like the big picture, like what you're talking about, about what really matters and what are we really working for and towards and all of that. So, right, ma'am, where can people can, or for our last question, uh, where can people connect with you? What do you have going on right now in life? How can we just be in the world of Kristen? Because you're awesome. <laughs> oh, you're so wonderful. Um, well, I'm definitely in a, a I'm, I, I, instead of saying a midlife crisis, I like to refer to it as a metamorphosis. I love all your wording. Yeah. So again, Opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely in a transitional metamorphosis of my life right now. Yeah. Uh, so I still own the original Sweets company, but as I mentioned briefly, I made the decision to somewhat unwind my company last year. So unfortunately, I laid up my employees, closed my office space. Um, we don't actively sell anymore through our website, even though we do have inventory. So if anybody's interested, you can email me after, after the show. Um, but we do have presence in Walmart Canada. So I do, I do still have that you know, that revenue coming in for that. So I am still hopefully trying to pull off an asset sale behind the scenes, you know, late nights or on the weekends. Um, but I actually, interesting enough, transitioned into the world of financial services. So now I do financial planning, um, which I never, ever, ever saw that on the dream board. Um, it was a company that actually came out and recruited me last, uh, probably about eight months ago. Um, and again, never saw it on the dream board, but then I very quickly realized that I'm going to share my light no matter where I am in life. And I'm going to take my tagline with me to the next chapter. So if I'm not 
I'm going to squeeze the goodness out of, you know, sharing my value to help people increase their wealth, manage it in an efficient way, um, to bring value into their life and to coach them and keep them accountable for the way they spend, they save and they invest. Um, and so I very quickly fell in love with that industry and I'm really enjoying, um, again, adding value to people's lives and their bottom line. That's so awesome. So do you have something that you can send me where I can link up in the show notes? People can yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Cool. Cool. So if any of this resonates with you, I you know encourage you to connect with Kristen. She's just an incredible person. Uh, our last question, it's a staple one. Um, we're talking to leaders. We're talking to people who have uh, dealt with imposter syndrome and struggled with just kind of putting themselves out there. They know they're called to something greater. They know they want to let their light shine. Like you just said, uh, but there's so much internal battles and self-doubt that they deal with. What would you say to a group of people who felt called to something greater, but were just afraid to take that next step? Man, write it down. I'm a big believer in uh, writing out your vision, yeah. right? So it's like the idea, the basic idea of creating your dream board, your vision board, write it down. Um, what does your life look like in one to three years? Um, and believe in yourself. And if you have children, do it for your children. Do it for the next generation that's watching. Um, and that's time and time again, what I told myself and I still do is my kids are watching, you know, they're going to watch me fall flat on my face a lot and they have, but they're going to watch and see how I get up, you know, and that's important because I want them to fall flat on their face time and time again throughout life and get up and do it with integrity, do it with grace, you know, as able, um, and to share their life in a positive way. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.